What do we do with all the mementos? Everybody, I'm Kelly Wilkness here with Anita Joyce, and this is Decorating Tips and Tricks. Hey, have you watched our episode on YouTube yet? If you haven't, get right over there. Have a look. I think you're going to really love it. And then subscribe to my channel. Leave us a comment. We'd love to know what you thought about it. And we'll have the link to the YouTube episode in these show notes. We are so thrilled to have Jessica from The Organized Mama with us today. Jessica is a true expert in the area of organization, and she has so many wonderful tips for us today. So welcome to Decorating Tips and Tricks, Jessica. Thank you for making the time to speak with us. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited about this. So let's jump in. Jessica, tell everyone what brought you to a career in organization. Well, like you, I had a career before organizing. I was actually a teacher. And one thing I would do with my students was teach them how to organize just because I needed to do that in order to keep a handle on the classroom. And I then became the special ed teacher for my school. And we would make home visits to our families. And when we were in their homes, I realized, well, they had a lot of paperwork because kiddos on IEPs come with a lot of papers. So I would help these families get in their papers all organized and everything. And when I decided to stay home when I had my son, I quickly learned not everyone has these organizational abilities. So I started my blog, The Organized Mama, to teach others how to organize. Isn't that so interesting? So it came out of your former career and yes. then you know you get an idea kind of very similar to what happened to Anita and I and it morphs into this other wonderful entrepreneurial career that you're in now and you're really again helping people and I love that it started with you were helping your students because I can only imagine somebody that was having a child who needed that kind of help there's probably a lot going on and a lot of paperwork and people's homes are not so organized. So if you could help them in all those ways, I'm sure it really made a big impact. So how long have you been running your blog? The blog has been going on now almost nine years, which is wow. crazy to say. It's crazy uh, that it's been so long. But it started when we moved from the city to the suburbs and started setting up the house. So I bet you have so many great tips, but I want to let everyone know that you have a book coming out I and that'll do. be coming out in April and sometime. So right around when we're listening to this podcast. So we'll have a link to the book and Jessica's going to tell us more about that as we go through our uh, conversation today. So when someone visits your blog, what can they expect to find? Well, it is really a resource of all things organizing, minimalism, uh, decluttering, feng shui, some decor is mixed in because organizing and decor, they do, they just go hand in hand. So the goal of the Organized Mama is really to support you in your organizing journey, no matter where you are in the process. You led me right into my next question. <laughs> where do you suggest that someone begins their organizing? I think the biggest thing, no matter where or how far into organizing you are is to get really clear on what organized actually looks like for you. Because we see so many things online that are like, oh, this is beautifully organized pantry. But realistically, it's not going to work in your home because of 
so many variables. So getting really clear on what organized looks like for you is the best place to start. That is such a great tip because you're absolutely right. Like with interior design, you're looking at something and you're, oh, that's so beautiful. Or in the organizing realm, oh my goodness, if my life would be perfect if I had a label maker with a font like that, yes. you know, and if, or if I was able to color code everything in my pantry yes. or something like that. But you know, that's, that is not realistic for probably 98% of the population. Exactly. So I love that idea. So how do you help your clients and your readers achieve that, achieve organization for themselves? Well, everyone is organized in some way, shape, or form. So go to an area of your house that you feel is truly organized and then ask yourself why you feel that's organized and then go from there. So let's say you have a drawer in your office that you're like, it is meticulously organized because you know if it's not, then you just won't be as productive with work. You will struggle with so many things because that one drawer isn't organized. So take a look at that and figure out what exactly it is that makes that drawer work. What for you is like so beneficial? Is it the side of the desk it's on? Is it that you have organizers? Is it that you have all of the stuff you need really accessible? And then you can recreate that throughout your home because you know exactly what organized works in one area of your house. I love that you're being more insightful and thinking it through rather than just jumping in the car and running to the container store, which I think is what a lot of people do when they want to get organized because they think if I buy this stuff, then I'm organized. But that is not true. Right. Is there a specific room in the house that you suggest that people start with? I say bedroom because there's so much research on a cluttered space and where you sleep and not getting enough REM sleep because you have too much clutter. And if you are actually looking to organize or design or rearrange a room, you need to be in the best headspace for that. So making sure that your bedroom is like calm, zen, and clutter-free is going to help you with the rest of your house. Wow. Okay. That is something that really surprises me because most of the time people are like, I'm going to organize my kitchen yes, or I'm going to organize my living room or my family room because this is where everybody is and this is what the public sees. Yes. I really like that idea of starting with your bedroom. Anita and I talk so much about how the bedroom, particularly the main bedroom, primary bedroom, is often the last thing people decorate. Mm -hmm. And maybe it's because lots of time women and men too sometimes, but lots of women, we kind of put ourselves at the bottom of the list, right? So you're going to do the more public rooms first or your kid's room or the nursery or the guest room before you're going to do your own room. And you're absolutely right. We're encouraging them to make that a priority for their decorating. And I love that you're saying make it a priority for your organizing. Yes. You are also setting the tone for the rest of your house because if you get your bedroom to be like this zen, beautiful, calming, tranquil space, that carries out throughout your entire home. Um, I'm feeling better already. You're absolutely <laughs> right. No piles of laundry, yes. no just boxes that didn't get opened from the move or what have you, whatever gets shoved in there. Nothing under the bed, kids' toys, socks, dog toys, what have you. Great idea. So what would be three tips that you would give for someone if they were starting in their bedroom? 
clear the counters or shelving space, make your bed every single day, and that includes investing in quality sheets. I'm a huge believer in where you sleep. That should be, you should spend the money there because you're in bed every night. And also, don't let things pile up on the floors or counters or nightstands. Give everything a purpose. Everything has a purpose. Excellent tip. Right. So those books you think you might be reading, but you haven't even gotten to, why are they piled up there? Maybe they're causing you stress. And what do you think about people that have work in their bedroom? No. (laughs) Okay. You want to tell us how you really feel? (laughs) I once had a client. She was a... A pediatric surgeon. She had piles of stuff all over her bedroom and would always tell me every time I would go to her house, I just, I don't get the best night's sleep. Can you just help me? We just honestly took the files she had lined up on the floor of her bedroom, moved them. And she was like, already just the weight of work left her bedroom. And so you just, you can't have it in your bedroom. Or if you do, because I know a lot of people, because everybody's working from home, or you did work from home, so you might have used your bedroom as an office space, create like a shut down your office routine where you Mm. close your desk, you tidy up things, you, you know, clear off as much as you can, don't let piles pile up so that it feels like you are making that transition from work to bed, even if it is in the same space. Now, often there are several people living together in a house, right? Mm-hmm. And they, a lot of them have varying degrees of <laughs> interest in organization or awareness of organization. How do you suggest handling that? This one can be rather controversial because not everybody agrees with this. But for me, I say organize for the most disorganized person in your family. Oh, controversy, huh? Controversy. Okay, so how does that work? So so you're lowering the bar, Jessica? Well, so you are the one who is willing to make the change. You want to get things organized. You have this desire to do that. Not everybody else does. So if you... <laughs> so many things like that, Jessica. <laughs> right? So if you have the desire to make that change, then you can do more change than the person that doesn't have that desire. So Hmm. I'm going to use my husband as the example. He claims he's organized. If he listens to this, Ben, you are not organized. So... What's his email? I'll send him the episode when it comes out. Yes, <laughs> he doesn't know he's not organized. You are not organized. So, because he has like the clothes, the in-between clothes that he, you know, they're not clean, so I can't put them in the drawer, but they're not dirty, so they don't go in the dirty laundry basket. So oh, they're still in rotation. Exactly. So he leaves them everywhere, and then he can't find them. So... Mm. For me, like, I'm like, they're clean or they're dirty. It's one of the two. That's how I work. So I created like a little basket near his side of the bed where all of those in-between clothes can go. It isn't Mm -hmm. affecting me, but I created an organizing system for him that is going to help me keep our bedroom tidy. Okay. I see what you're saying. So you're not saying lower your bar of expectation or achievement in organization for the person who thinks they're organized but isn't. You're saying make it easier for them. Yes. Set up systems and whatnot so they can be organized. 
Exactly. Since you're the one willing to make that change, you can do a few extra steps where them doing more steps might be Mm. too much. So it's Ben, right? Ben is your husband? Yes. Yes. Okay. So instead of you saying, Ben, your clothes are either dirty or clean and they're either in the laundry or they're in the drawers because you're not going to win that battle. No, I'm not. Ben, you can have a gray area and here's your basket. Is that what we're saying? That is 100% what we're saying. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> okay, I bet that would. I bet everybody has a Ben in their house, everybody and does. they also have children yes. uh, that might also tend toward Ben. Instead of be- beating your head against the wall and getting mad, and you know that can really start arguments too. Because oh, when you yeah. get frustrated, and you come into your bedroom and you want it to be a Zen sanctuary, and there's clothes everywhere. Ah, uh, right, that can really be a problem. So, great solution. Teenagers too. We've worked with quite a few teenagers and families, really setting those like boundaries and expectations mm-hmm. for, you know, okay, well, if you want to be disorganized, fine, but I have to be able to close and open your door fully so that I don't have to, <laughs> I, seriously, it is a thing and it works, right? Okay. No, no pushing and pulling, like the, the doorway needs to be clear so that the door can open and close completely. Right. And then whatever you do in the rest of that space is on you. If you don't get clothes in the laundry basket, they're not going to get washed. If you don't pick up your towel, you have a moldy towel. That's on mm. you. <laughs> yeah. One moldy towel is all you need to Ugh. change that habit, right? Okay, and now do you advocate organizational zones? So, Sue, you have this family, differing degrees of organizational skills and interest, and you all have to operate together on a family calendar or what have you. Mm -hmm. Do you advocate for organizational zones, or do you have everything sort of hidden away? Ooh, this is a great question, and I I can't answer that for every family because every family works different. Some people get overwhelmed by visual clutter. As you know, when there's too much going on, like if there's too much design in a space, you get that feeling of like, you're just, you're uneasy. Yes. And sometimes that happens with organizing as well, where if everything's out, but even if it's tidy, it still can make you uneasy. So I think you have to look at how it affects you visually. Yeah. For me, I could never have one of those wall calendars where I would be writing on them or other, God forbid, other yes. people would be writing on them too <laughs> and not nice print. I am seeing things like that. Like I, that is not something that I would want to look at, particularly mm-hmm. in my kitchen or in even a mudroom or something like that. That would really bother me. I would yes. rather have a closed calendar or you have it electronically or something like that. But I could see how something like that might really work for exactly. certain people. Okay, got it. So if you were going to have an organizational tool like that, that was going to be more out in the open, are there any specific ones that you recommend or any setups that you recommend? If it is visually pleasing to you, then it's perfect. I have, currently we have a command center. My kids have their papers and it looks very disheveled, but everything has a spot. They know exactly where to put the paper. So to me, that that is me organizing for the least organized person. And I can let some of that go because I can turn around and not have to look at it. So for me, if a filing system on the wall works for collecting kids' artwork or things like that, then go ahead and do that. If you need everything like your handwriting, in your print, all of that, then maybe... (laughs) Maybe you need somebody else than an organizer to talk to. No, not even close. 
I am the same. Like, I like my own handwriting better than anybody else's. So, <laughs> so I have our calendar up higher so nobody else can write on it but me. Oh, my gosh. Oh, wow. You and I would have a lot of fun together. Don't you just love a great recommendation from a friend? Well, we're delighted to be recommending these companies and their wonderful products to you today. And let them know your friends at DTT sent you. I really strive to make the most of my time. Sure, I want to be entertained, but more often I want to learn something new, explore an area of interest, or go deeper into topics I already enjoy. And my favorite place to do this is the Wondrium app. Wondrium makes it easy to incorporate learning into our daily routines. We can watch or listen anytime, anywhere with the Wondrium app. They have programs covering health and wellness, hobbies, business, science, history, and more. And you don't have to sit and watch. Sure, there's a video component, but you can just listen like I do. I recently listened to The Science of Gardening from their Great Courses collection. It is so good. I'm listening to it over again. I listened to it while I was gardening. It is presented by Dr. Linda Chalker-Scott, and she covers everything you need to know about being a better gardener. I have learned so much, and it's so chock full of information. That's why I'm listening again. So if you love DTT, where we strive to give you useful information and takeaway advice every week, you're going to love Wondrium. So don't miss out on your opportunity to get a free trial of Wondrium. Sign up now through our special URL to start your free trial. Go to wondrium.com slash DTT. That's Wondrium, W-O-N-D-R-I-U-M dot com slash DTT and learn along with me. Dinner at your doorstep is a delight. And with Green Chef, it's not only a delight, it's healthy and simple to prepare. Green Chef makes eating well easy with plans to fit every lifestyle. Whether you're keto, paleo, vegan, vegetarian, gluten-free, or just looking to eat a more balanced meal, Green Chef offers a range of recipes to suit your preferences. With fresh produce, premium proteins, and organic ingredients, Green Chef is the number one meal kit for eating well. Green Chef saves you time by cutting down on weekly meal planning, prepping, and grocery shopping. Imagine skipping the grocery store. Green Chef's expert chefs curate every recipe so you can enjoy restaurant-quality dishes at home. Definitely shakes up the normal routine. Our rotation was getting a little dull until Green Chef came into our lives. I am loving the honey citrus glazed salmon, and it's so fun to prepare any of the Green Chef meals, and it's all so easy. Everything's pre-measured. Nobody can screw it up. So go to greenchef.com slash DTT130 and use the code DTT130, that's 130, to get, you guessed it, 130 bucks off plus free shipping. So that's greenchef.com slash DTT130 and use the code DTT130. Window treatments can make or break a room, but it's not all about style. The winter treatments have to function well too, and with Hunter Douglas, you get the best of both style and function. Hunter Douglas has innovative window shade designs, gorgeous fabrics, and control systems so advanced they can be scheduled to automatically adjust to their optimal position throughout the day. Wow. (laughs) 
And when you tap into Hunter Douglas's PowerView technology, your shades can be set to automatically reposition. So live beautifully with Hunter Douglas. Enjoy greater convenience, enhanced style, increased comfort in your home throughout the day. Visit HunterDouglas.com slash DTT today for your free Style Get Smarter design guide with fresh takes, creative ideas, and smart solutions for dressing your windows. I did, and it really is an excellent guide. That's HunterDouglas.com slash DTT for your free design guide. What do we do with all the mementos? Talk Uh, about controversy. This is a tough one. So we can take it one by one or do them grouped together up to you. But things like kids' art, photos, trophies even. Oh, Uh. my goodness. This is, yes, this is a big topic. So I have many thoughts on mementos. Um, (laughs) I'm going to start with a story because I think this puts everything into perspective. I was working uh, with an in-home client years ago who they collected different beer cans from places that they went. They both, Mm. the husband and wife were very, and so they collected them all from Belgium, from Germany. They collected so many, you couldn't see anything. (laughs) I mean, their shelf was packed with all of these beer cans and cups and trinkets and all of these things from their travels that we wanted to showcase them. So if you have that many where nothing is special, then I think that's when you either have to figure out a different way to display them or maybe pare back on what you're actually keeping. And that that's my whole mindset around mementos. They mean so much. They are so special. Your collectibles, all of those things. But maybe you need to store some and seasonally swap out things so that you can truly appreciate what they are because that's why you're holding on to them because they mean something to you. You're absolutely right. And when it's too much and it's overwhelming, you can't appreciate the items and they just sort of become a burden. And yeah. other people, if you want other people to see them also, oh, how interesting you did this or you drank beer in Belgium or whatever you did. Right, exactly. You know, they can't even take it all in. It's too much. So if you pare it down and then you style it nicely, then you can really appreciate it. And so I 100% agree with you. So what about kids' art and in photos? Best thing that I've ever done, and I will tell everybody to do it, have your kids go through their own artwork and create piles. What are you keeping? And ask yourself, like, do I need to physically hold this to appreciate it? Because if the answer is no, you can take a picture of it and turn it into a book of all of their artwork, which then is far easier to keep out and much easier to sort through, look at more frequently than stacks and stacks of scribbles that your three-year-old did. You do want to hold on to it, but I think it's a little guilt too. Like, oh, you know, throw it out. I mean, I'm sure I'm not alone with having someone go to throw something else out in the trash and see their little drawing in there. (laughs) Yep. What's with this, mom? Right. Oh, you know, but you you have 3,000 of those already. Exactly. And so you thought you could let go of one. And then, of course, you realized, oh, if that was an accident. And now you have 3,001. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. It's, that's a tough one. And But I love that idea. And maybe when they get to be a certain age and they're looking back rather than you know, in the moment, like, okay, Mm -hmm. you came home from school, Johnny, do you really need this? You know, do we need 
So you wait a little while, maybe? If you do it kind of like natural breaks, like winter break, over winter break, spend Mm -hmm. an afternoon sifting through artwork from September, October, November. Uh, Um, At the end of the school year, most schools are done on a half day. So then the second half of the day, we go through our artwork so that I don't have to deal with it all summer. (laughs) Smart. Okay. Photos, same sort of thing. What do you do with those? There's a few ways to go through photos. Um, I'm sure your listeners have heard of the Marie Kondo way to sift through photos by dates and go like really in depth on those. I personally think if they aren't in an album, you're not going to like look through them as much. So take time to like go through physical photos and put them in albums so you can actually look at them. And then photos on your phone, because that's Mm. a whole other thing, is to try and set up where you can get them printed for you. There's a lot of companies that will link to your photos and then will create books for you. And I highly recommend doing that. That's a great gift, too. Totally. So you can make one for somebody, grandma or whoever, and then keep one for yourself as well. So get two copies. My photo curating is uh, done on usually on a plane. Not that I've been on a plane that much, but it se- yes. just seems like I don't get that much downtime. I'm not going to take an hour out of a day and scroll through my photos and delete. Yes. But sometimes when you're sitting there, especially you go to like during takeoff when I want to be distracted or when we're coming down, you've kind of like closed up whatever you're doing, your work or your book, and you've got that extra 20 minutes and sometimes you're sitting on the runway. That's when I do it. (laughs) I love that so much. You can even do it. One of my neighbor friends was running to the DMV and like while you're waiting to do something, do it then because what else are you going to do? Scrolling Instagram? Like exactly. That's a great thing. Yeah. Good one. Now, I think that you have a tip for us about trophies that's very interesting. Oh, yes. Um, So my husband has all of his trophies from when he was a kid. And honestly, (laughs) I know, I told you, he's just not, God love him, but he can cook, he can paint, he cannot organize. Okay. All right. Well, there we go. Exactly. I see why you're keeping him around. (laughs) So I recommend donating your trophies. Um, A lot of them. There are so many like urban organizations or rural organizations that one can't afford to give their athletes or participants trophies so they can collect those and repurpose them so that they can actually be gifted trophies for activities that the kiddos have done. I love that. I had never heard of something like that. So I'm assuming if there's a placard or something on there, they just pull that off. And so you've got the whoever, the soccer player or whomever. I think that is so wonderful. And you would never think because they seem so useless. I wish I had known that because my mother-in-law, bless her heart, had sent me a giant box uh, several years ago. And I thought, wow, how wonderful. I wonder what's in there. And it was all my husband's swimming and diving trophies and maybe some soccer trophies too. Giant things like Stanley (laughs) Cup size. I couldn't believe it. What were we going to do with these things? I don't even know if I told him, but he's kind of not like Ben wanting to keep those things. So I I think, but I, so I have no idea what we did with those. I love your idea. So that is a really good place to donate the trophies. Yes. Okay. Everybody wants to know how to organize their kitchen. So give us your top three kitchen organizing tips. I'm going to come at this because there are two ways to organize a kitchen. One is to take everything out and start fresh like you're moving. 
The other way is these are going to be the tips that I'm going to give you because most people, you're already kind of set with your kitchen. Mm -hmm. So these are tips if you your kitchen is actually already set up and you want to reorganize it. So tip number one is to go drawer by drawer and have post-it notes and write categories of things that are in each drawer. We'll start with the junk drawer, which I am not a fan of. I highly suggest not having a junk drawer. And removing everything from that drawer, give that drawer a specific purpose, like maybe it's your office supply drawer where you know your post-it notes and pens and paper mm-hmm. go. And write it on the post-it note, stick it on the drawer cabinet, and only put the items that fit in that category in that drawer. And then repeat for every drawer and cabinet. And the remaining items that are left out, those are the things that you can question. Do I actually need them? Or can they go somewhere else? Can I donate? Can I sell? I like that. Now let's get back to the junk drawer. Do you look at a junk drawer like an enabler? Yes, I do. I feel like it's, um, there was this quote, I cannot remember who said it, uh, but that the junk drawer is basically like your procrastination all in one spot. Mm-hmm. Right. So it just, oh, I could just throw it in there. Exactly. So you aren't making a decision of if it's worthy of staying in your house, house or not. Mm-hmm. And if your house is supposed to be like your haven. Yes, it is. Then why are you holding on to something that you aren't sure of if it actually should be there? Excellent. Excellent mindset. You know, that's like beyond the tip. It's a mindset. It's a way of thinking about things. Favorite organizational tools. Is there anything out there in the universe that you really, really like? Ooh, um, there are so many things. Um, I have like 12 that come to mind. So <laughs> 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 that I'm like, oh, I could not live without. Um, probably the number one thing I could not live without is drawer liner. It goes in tandem with drawer organizers because when you put in a drawer liner and then you put the drawer organizer in, things don't slide around in your drawer. Oh, so when you're saying drawer liner, I immediately picture those long thin boxes with the rolled paper that smells good. Is that what you're talking about? They actually make some that are non-adhesive. And so Uh they're like a softer surface Mm -hmm. so that things don't slide around in your drawer. Instead of using, like right now, the like trend is using this museum gel. But Mm -hmm. I found it leaves the drawer kind of with like a gooey residue. Mm. And so this, you just cut the liner to your size of your drawer. And then you can put drawer liner, you can put your kitchen gadgets, you can put kitchen utensils in there. And when you open and close the drawer, it mm-hmm. doesn't slide around because it's kind of grippy. Oh my gosh. I, you just, I just had this really old memory just come to the surface while yes. you were saying this. I remember, my, I don't know how many millions of times my mother probably said that. Was like, don't slam the drawer because yes. the utensil drawer would get <laughs> slammed and the stuff would shove all over the place. And yes. I shoot my mother's very tidy. And she would not like, I mean, you probably, if she, you know, if you open the drawer carefully, everything would be lined up in size order or something like that. And everybody would just slam it. Everything <laughs> would go all over the place. So, oh my gosh. Oh, had this been available back then, she would have loved it. How about getting it organized to sell? Oh, this is a big one. Yes, there is so much that goes into getting your house ready to sell. So, The biggest piece I would say is remove more than you think is necessary. (laughs) 
Yeah. And that's probably what a good realtor is going to tell you too, right? Yes. And so as you're removing those things, like let's say from your mantle, you have spring decor because right now people are starting to put their house on the market. Mm -hmm. You have spring decor on your mantle. Remove all of that and just keep it as neutral and minimalist as possible. And then the stuff that you're removing, really ask yourself, like, do I really want to bring this with me to my next house? Yes. I've been working with one of my clients. She's wanting to decorate her new house, but she brought absolutely everything, even crushed gift wrap bows with her. Mm -hmm. So I think it also has a little to do with how you feel about leaving your house, you know, because if you really don't want to necessarily go, you got to bring it all with you. But so that's a whole nother level of, (laughs) of working with the client. But I love your tips. You're absolutely right. And what about that period of time when you might have to quickly set up your home or, you know, I'm saying stage it in air quotes, like stage it, clean it, tidy it, because somebody wants to come look at it. What do you suggest people do? I suggest you get the moving boxes and you start packing up stuff and decluttering stuff as you are staging it. Because when you are kind of in that mindset, where like, okay, it's go time, like I need to go, you are going to make quicker decisions about what to keep and what not to keep. So Mm -hmm. you're going to have far more clarity during that time because you're going to see how much stuff you have. Because you have, you now have a deadline. Like my house has to be staged in a week. So I need to really move and decide what I want to keep, what I don't. And so a lot of times your brain goes into that like focus mode and you are going to be able to declutter far more during that time and like really be okay with letting things go. That's absolutely true. I think when you're in that mindset, then it's so much easier to be ruthless and just get it gone. Exactly. Great tip. So once the house is sold and you're going to move into the next house, do you have any tips about organizing your stuff for an actual move? We are actually going to be doing a whole series on this on the blog. Oh, uh, I didn't even know that. How great. I know. Um, So starting in May, we're going to have like tons of moving tips. So my biggest tips are if you have the time, Because not everybody does. Sometimes you sell your house and you have to be out, you know, fairly quickly with timing and everything. So if you have at least a month, work backwards from your end date, like when everything needs to be packed up by, and then give yourself a plan Mm -hmm. working backwards based on the spaces that you use the most should be closer, packed up, pack up time to when you're moving. Good idea, because some people might think, oh, you know, the kitchen's got the most stuff in it. Let's Mm -hmm. start there. And then you're looking for something, a spatula. And now you're unpacking again. It's crazy. So yeah, I I think that's great. Like maybe start with your guest room if you're lucky enough to have a guest room. Start there. You don't have going to have any guests when you're moving. Totally. Storage area. Great place to start and so much to declutter. Right. And then maybe you won't have to have a storage area in the next place, which would be a good idea. So tell us about your book. I'm so excited for you. Yes. Oh, I'm so excited too. The book is called Home Sweet Organized Home, and it is practical organizing and decluttering tips for the entire family. And that's going to come out sometime in April, right? End of April is when it's coming out. Okay. I don't want to put you on the spot, Jessica, but I bet you have one right at the tip of your tongue. What is your number one takeaway organization tip. It's get an idea of what organized is for you and go from there. 
Now, where can everybody find you? You can find me at theorganizedmama, M-A-M-A dot com. I have a free practical organizing and decluttering guide right on my site that will guide you through pretty much everything I'm talking about today. Jessica, thank you so much for spending the time with us and sharing all your knowledge and experience with organizing with our listeners. Everybody is going to enjoy this episode so much, and I really enjoyed speaking with you. Best of luck with your book, and I hope we speak again soon. Same. Thank you so much for having me. I really enjoyed speaking with Jessica. She's got a wonderful spirit and amazing organizational tips, advice, and suggestions. The links to all the places you can find Jessica will be in the show notes. So let's bring Anita in now and get our DTT defined for today. It's a miter joint. If you don't know what a miter joint is and you're having some work done in your house, you might want to know what it is because it might come up. So that is the diagonal joint formed at the intersection of two pieces of wood. You can find it at the side and head casing of a door opening. You're usually a 45 degree angle. And then you also have miter joints uh, when you have two walls coming together at the baseboard. That joint is going to be mitered and the crown molding at the top is going to be mitered. And if you want to do a miter joint, then you need a miter box, which I actually happen to have. Well, I was once watching through a window for some uh, someone who was putting up crown molding in my kitchen. It didn't look that simple because he didn't know what he was doing. Oh, no. And I was able to come in and say, hey, you know, that crown molding needs to be mitered, especially with crown molding because it's standing away from the wall. So, yeah, you... It's a good term to understand what it is. It's also a good term to toss around when you're dealing with carpenters or contractors and whatnot so they know you kind of know something, right? So, hey, you know, you're going to miter those joints, right? (laughs) Because when when they don't know how to miter the joints, it doesn't look good at all. Yeah, that's right. You want to talk as intelligently as possible. So that when you say something needs to be done, they don't kind of blow you off. So there you have it. So what's your crush? Okay, my crush is an app. It's the Environmental Working Group Healthy Living app. They're scientists and people with PhDs and people who know a lot about different chemicals and ingredients, and they analyze products. So many products, I I couldn't even tell you the, the number. Now they have this great app. So it's the EWG Healthy Living app. You can download it. You can search by product name. You can also scan products uh, if you don't know whether they're good for you or not while you're at the grocery store. So it's so useful. And I thought you would love to know that in particular, Anita, because you are very concerned about, as we all should be, and I think as we're all becoming more and more aware of the fact that there's a lot of toxins in our homes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So they do not only foods, they do personal care products, and they also do home cleaning products. That sounds great. Well, I think I'm going to have to download that. Yeah, it's really useful. So I'll put the link in the show notes. So my crush is a very feel-good show on Acorn TV called The Larkins, but it's an adaptation. I had not read the novel, The Darling Buds of May by H.E. Bates. But anyway, it's just very fun. It's set in the 1950s in the countryside of uh, Kent, England. Mm -hmm. And it's just very relaxing. It's another one of those shows where nothing really bad happens. And on this show, it's not a murder mystery, so no one gets killed. Well, that's great. (laughs) Even though they're in a small, charming village. (laughs) Yeah, nothing really bad happens on this show. So it's just kind of very 
relaxing to watch. If you're trying to get away from the stress of the news, turn it off and just go watch this. Well, thanks so much for spending time with us today. And remember, we are here to inspire you to create a beautiful home. Until next time.